3: Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V series 4K smart TVs. Head to walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.
1: It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bed Rivers.
4: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Rush Hour, presented by Bed Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Took last week off, getting you ramped up for college football starting this week, though. Big shout-out to JVT for filling in last week. I know he did a tremendous job getting you ready with baseball. A little bit of off-season basketball, I'm sure, and the college football season and NFL preseason and just a regular season in its entirety. And we'll be sure to hit on that tonight. Kenny White of KennyWhiteSports.com will be joining us in five minutes. We'll get his thoughts, plays, analysis, and more for Week 0 of the college football season coming up this weekend we are very excited and thrilled to have football officially back in the mix we'll get kenny's plays not only on week zero but if we have some more time we'll kind of delve into week one a little bit more so with some of the top tier games after that we'll hit a little bit on the nfl in terms of some player props and these are more match bets is what they're called they're head-to-head props that have been listed at bat rivers very unique angle and potentially very profitable and we'll get into a couple of them where it goes with running backs head-to-head, who's going to have more rushing yards, receivers, who's going to have more receiving yards, who's going to have more sacks. All those type of categories are available at Bet River, so we'll kind of unveil those throughout the week with some of the ones that I like, starting with a couple running back props tonight. Then after that, we got a few games on the diamond in terms of the baseball slate, and I got one play in baseball tonight, so we'll be sure to hit on that. The Cubs are facing the Rockies tonight. Which team is going to prevail in that, squ- in that game? Because look, You're getting Sensatella pitching on the road where he's been a little bit more shaky and the Rockies haven't hit well on the road. But at the same time, you get this atrocious Cubs team at home. So that'll be kind of fascinating to jump into that one, add a couple more games in baseball. And then to end things out, we've got Eric Eager, pro football focus. We'll get his thoughts on kind of just the entirety of the NFL preseason as of this point. What does he think the biggest takeaways have been? The quarterback battles with specific teams, especially. We'll talk about the Bears. We'll talk about the Patriots, and then we'll look into the Broncos, the 49ers, the Saints, all of those starting quarterback positions that could potentially be up in the air. So we'll get his takeaways and just who he thinks are going to be implemented as the starters for Week One, and maybe just how soon we'll see some of the other guys beyond Week One. So plenty to get to tonight on Rush Hour. But speaking of NFL preseason, we do have one affair tonight in the NFL. Let's get you squared away with that action involving the Jags and the Saints. 7 p.m. Central Time kickoff down in New orleans the saints here at home are a four and a half point favorite currently at Bet rivers money line they're laying two dollars you see jacksonville catching plus 165 this total is up to 40 and a half shaded to the under at Bet rivers minus 117 the over is minus 105 now this one actually opened up with new orleans as a three-point favorite so again now they're up to four and a half so you've seen the movement go toward new orleans as the home favorite total open 37 and a half so the over actually has gotten some love where typically we've been seeing the under getting a lot of attention throughout the first couple weeks of preseason but this one you're seeing some money go to the over now it's been pretty stagnant at 40 and a half still like we said a little bit shaded to the under minus 117 but that's really the big movement toward the saints and toward the over for this game if you missed it in their first performances we actually bet uh, on the Jags in week one, but to no avail, because the Browns got the dub 23-13 to in that matchup. Uh, they lost as three-point home favorites to Jacksonville. So Urban Meyer looking to solidify his first win in this preseason tenure. The Saints on the other side, they lost to the Ravens. We got the dub with Harbaugh. He kept it going in that game. They won 17-14, to did the Ravens. But the Saints failing to cover as the one-point road dog. So, look, again, in this one, personally, I don't have any strong thoughts per se. I get the movement to the Saints because you're still having this quarterback competition with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, right? And again, we're going to talk about that a little bit later with Eric Eager in the show. But that's why you see the movement go toward the Saints. And what we've also stressed when we look at a game like this and you're seeing some of the quarterback depth chart here because really quick, you know, we mentioned the Jags and that's this is, this is the reason why we bet on them against the Browns. The Browns weren't starting anybody. They don't have a quarterback competition. Allegedly, the Jags still do with Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew, and then you have Beathard who's a solid quarterback as your third string. So you would have thought the Jags would be a solid bet throughout preseason and they still could be. But you probably have a little bit more trust in guys like Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, and they really need to show themselves out to really see who is going to be that solidified starter. But point being what I was going to get to also, look, the money line's minus $2. It's never ideal to want to lay that big of a price on a money line, but the spread is a little bit trickier when it comes to preseason betting. So because the number's kind of gotten away from us, I'm going to be opting out of this one, unless there's a good in-game betting opportunity. But should be a fun one tonight down in New Orleans with the Saints and the Jags for preseason football. Once again, welcome into the program. It is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us to get your week started off leading into week zero of college football. We are very excited here at v the Sports Betting Network. Let's get right into it. we got a plethora of games to dive into, and who better to help us kind of dissect all of that than Kenny White, who you can follow on Twitter at Vegas, sports analyst over at KennyWhiteSports.com. Now, Kenny, before we get started... Uh, obviously you produce such great content when it comes to college football and the NFL. I know you got a promo code going right now for people who still want to get a hold of some of your NFL and college football betting guides. So why don't you let the good people know what they can type in to get a good discount?
5: We do. Thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, for all your faithful listeners that listen to you every day, all they have to use Rush Hour 25 to get 25% off right now the magazine, the PDFs. Uh, get a great start to the college football season. The the power ratings give you an outstanding foundation to start with. So yeah, Rush Hour 25 to get the magazines right now at KennyWhiteSports.com. You heard the man, KennyWhiteSports.com,
4: Rush Hour 25, 25% discount. Great offer from a guy who's so knowledgeable in both sports being college and pro football. So Kenny, let's get right into it. We're very pumped to get the season underway and I'm a little bit nervous here because Nebraska is my alma mater and it should be a relatively easier game for them. But, you know, we know what happened last year with the Cornhuskers is about a 17-point home favorite against the fighting Illini. You're getting Brett Bielema in his season debut and Nebraska, Scott Frost, a lot of expectations. Maybe not expectations, but, you know, the seat's getting a little bit warmer. Everybody's getting angsty. This line has moved down actually a decent amount, nine and a half, now down to six and a half at Bet Rivers. This total at about 55, a little bit of action toward the under. What have you seen in this game that has stood out to you in terms of a betting angle, and how are you going to play
5: it? Yeah, there. Yeah, I would say the seat is a little bit hot so far, 11-20 and 20 to start uh, for Scott Frost. Uh, he's got a good returning quarterback in Adrian Martinez, but just five other returning players on offense with experience, 10 guys on defense. They are looking for that revenge factor. Uh, College football average plays about 140 a game and that's where Nebraska was at last year. Scott Frost's team average tempo. Uh, They run the ball a little bit at a higher percentage than the college average of 55%. The Huskers around 60. Um, I have this game 28-28 in my magazine. I did not calculate in revenge in my scores in the magazine. So, Reevaluating this game and any information I've had over the past two months, I now have Nebraska about a four, four and a half point favorite. So I did love the nine and a half. I think that was the correct move, but you've lost a lot of value. Taking six and a half would not be a solid play right now. Uh, Brett Bielema comes in. It will be his first game. I don't think the covered was bare Lovey Smith. The one thing Lovey could do and being an ex NFL head coach was recruit and recruit some big time players. I brought in Isaiah Williams, a four star uh Quarterback that is still only second or third string on the depth chart. But they do have a lot of returning talent on defense 12 players from Lovey Smith's years. Bielema is all about running the football, two tight ends, power run, move the clock. I think he'll look to shorten the game. His last year at Arkansas, he did run the ball 57% of the time. And those were games he was behind in. Uh, I think this will be a very close game. He does play at a slower tempo than the average college team. So I do lean a little bit to the under here in this one as well, Danny.
4: Yeah, and that makes sense. You mentioned how Bielema tends to go toward running the ball, and that would certainly bode well for the under. As for the fact that Nebraska's defense, this could be the best defense under Scott Frost's regime as of this point. They took a big step forward last year, and we could potentially see that translate into this season. And like you said, uh, the under has gotten some love and could be the play here from 56 and a half down to 55. And again, that spread, big movement in favor of the Illini. You see Nebraska's about a 4, 4.5 point favorite. So the value a little bit gone, but that'll be a fun one to see go down in Champaign to get the college football season kicked off. Let's move on. 1 p.m. Central time kickoff. Kenny, we've got UConn and Fresno State. Fresno State, a big favorite here, laying 26 in the hook. This total at 62 and a half. What you like in this matchup?
5: Well, Connecticut uh, not playing at all last year is going to be tough to gain any type of continuity, you know, not playing a real football game in over 20 months. Uh, These kids, I think, are gonna be a step slow. Add in, they're flying from Connecticut to Fresno. That's a long flight. These are gonna be some jet-lagged kids walking onto the football field. Uh, There there is not a lot of talent on the field. Their quarterback, uh, Jack Zergordis, 58% completions in 2019, seven touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Uh, Randy Etzel likes to uh, play at a slow, methodical pace, and he likes to run the football but I don't think they're going to be able to move it. Fresno State has uh, been very, very good. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, first year, last year, uh, really turned the program around and he has almost everybody back. 10 starters on offense, including his quarterback, Jake Haver, used to originally at uh, Washington. 14 defensive players and their running back, Ronnie Rivers, one of the best in the country. He could be the highest drafted running back in next year's NFL Draft, well after B. John Robinson of Texas. Rivers will be a top five pick, though. uh, Top five running back pick in the country. I don't think Connecticut can stop the run in this game. This is my my best play out of the four plays. If I would go on a record to one play, give me Fresno in the first half only, because they do play Oregon the following week, and I think Fresno could be looking ahead to the Ducks, but they should be able to get out to a big lead in the first half. I think this number could probably, it's not out yet. I haven't seen a first-half line, but I'm guessing it's going to be about 17. I would lay up to 20 because I think the fir- the first half score could be around 28-3 to 3 in this one.
4: Ooh, okay, so looking at Fresno in the first half, you're right. I don't think it's posted in many places, if at all, is at this point. But keep an eye out for Fresno State in the first half against the Huskies. And you're right, that's very important, too, knowing that UConn didn't get any action last season. So probably going to be a slower transition for the Huskies. So we'll look at Fresno State in the first half. Then how about we keep it out in the West Coast, Kenny, and talk UCLA and Hawaii. See what Chip Kelly can do with the squad this season. But for Week Zero, they're a 17 and a half point home favorite. This total up to 69. What do you think UCLA is going to show out in this game? And then, honestly, just for the rest of the season, can we expect kind of a step forward for this program?
5: Well, another guy in the hot seat, obviously, with a, a 10 and 21 record at UCLA, just 14 and 16 covering point spreads. And uh, this is the best team he's had, though. He's got a lot of returning talent. Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, comes back. He is a senior, uh, outstanding leader. I'm really interested to see what Chip Kelly's offense looks like. Uh, They are up-tempo. Last year, they averaged 151 plays per game, uh, one of the 10th fastest teams on offense, but they ran at 67% of the time last year. I don't really understand that, especially with Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think you'll see them throw it a little bit more. Um, I, the number has gone way up in this game, rightfully so. Uh, Todd Graham's still trying to rebuild in Hawaii. Um, the program is 11-15 and 15 ATS their last five years on the road. Uh, so it's not a program that does travel. It's always, always a tough travel. I expect Graham to play a little slower. He did last year in his road games. Uh, they're about 50-50 run pass. But it's the UCLA Bruins, I think, have the more talent in this game. I'm again afraid of them because they do play UCLA or uh, LSU the next week. That's the game I'm kind of circling in on. I think if you wanted to play UCLA, I'd play them in the first half, try to catch another jet lag team that's, you know got to make that long travel um, against the team who does have a lot of returning talent back on, on both sides of the ball.
4: All right, so looking at potentially another first half angle with UCLA, uh, Kenny, let's then look forward to a game with a little bit shorter spread here, and that's going to be UTEP and New Mexico State. Now, UTEP is a road favorite to kick things off. Nine and a half is what they're laying for week zero. They're minus 420 on the money line. New Mexico State catching plus 275. This total at about 54. looks like the under's gotten some love, opened at about 57 and a half in some spots. Is there an angle you see worth betting in this one?
5: You know, Dan, I gotta, I gotta give myself some props on the four games that we just mentioned. I made totals on all four of these games back in, uh, before May, because I finished the magazine in May. So sometime in April, I made four totals on these games and they're all right there. This UTEP game, I made UTEP uh, seven and 155. Um, I think UTEP uh, is the better football team. Uh, New Mexico State did play two games in the spring. They played Tarleton State, Who's just begin beginning their FCS career and they lost 43-17. Uh, and then they lo- they beat Dixie State, another team just starting their FCS career last year. They beat them 36-29. So Doug Martin's team, only four players on offense that have had 350 snaps or more, and nine on defense. Uh, it's it is that I I think I have New Mexico State rated the worst team in FBS football. UTEP, wow. not much better. They're well below average. The thing about this game, Danny, everybody should know. You always should know how far teams are af- apart and how big the rivalries are. This is a major rivalry. These two schools are 46 miles apart. They do not like each other. The tra- the fans travel very well. So it doesn't matter where it's played. There's no home advantage. The fans are usually split pretty good 50-50, And that goes for basketball as well as football. So no home edge. I did give it in the magazine because I'm going over 6,000 games and I can't do each one individually. But when I make my daily line each week, I think this number should be about UTEP 10 and a half in this game. Uh, Dana Dimmel has revenge. He's lost both times to New Mexico State in his career. So actually I could add something on for that and say UTEP may be about a 13-point favorite in this game. So I do lean to the Aggies. Okay, yeah. Oh, the I'm sorry, the Miners. I'm leaning to the no, Miners. No. Sorry
4: about that. <laughs> no worries. Hey, Kenny, but look. Credit where credit's due. You're absolutely nailing it. And that's why it's so valuable to get a hold of your guides, KennyWhiteSports.com, as you alluded to. And look, UTEP type you can still get at a good price here if you're leaning toward them, maybe being 10 and a half or higher. But. is what we're seeing for them in this spot. Rivalry game, as you alluded to, so it could be better to jump on that sooner rather than later. And then, Kenny, before we move on to officially Week 1, but I want to get your thoughts on the last game, wrapping up Week 0 with Southern Utah and San Jose State. Maybe not the most entertaining game, but bettors are always looking for something to put some cash on when the games are a little bit limited. Now, San Jose State could provide some decent offense in this game. I mean, they're as high as a 22-point favorite. This total we're seeing at 56. Week zero, it seems kind of difficult to lay a number that big, but could it be worth it in this spot for San Jose State?
5: San Jose State's vastly improved. Uh, their their head coach, uh, Brett Brennan, has done a tremendous job with this program and looking the wins go up. Uh, Brennan now in his, in his fifth year, he went from two wins down to one. It got worse before it got better. I always say that happens anytime you're rebuilding anything. If you're rebuilding a house and remodeling, It'll get worse before it's going to get better. And that's what happens even in football programs. He won five games in 2019 and last year, seven and one record, 11 starters back on offense, uh, an ex-Arkansas-Texas A&M quarterback in Nick Starko is a six-year senior, 13 players on defense with starting experience. I have the number in my magazine. I did some ex- extensive work on the FCS teams, and I'm actually re-rating all of those teams uh, this month to get even a stronger rating. But my initial uh, shot over the bow, San Jose State 41, Southern Utah 10. I thought the spread should be 30 and a half and 52. I didn't hear the spread. What was the spread you said, Danny? 22 is what it's at right now. I'll lay the 22. Brent Brennan's team is far better than Southern Utah and at home. And again, uh, this this guy's doing an excellent job with all of the returning uh, starters that he has. Uh, This should be a good year for San Jose State.
4: All right, so look to San Jose State minus 22. Currently, the number is set at Bat Rivers. All right, Kenny, we got to move on a little bit further because I want to get to one of the bigger games for Week One. How about Big Ten action with Ohio State and Minnesota? In Minnesota, the Gophers are catching 14 and a half. The Buckeyes, naturally, the favorite to win the Big Ten. Total is high 65 and a half. You and I have talked about Minnesota a couple weeks ago. We kind of see them both as a dark horse team in the Big Ten to take a step forward once again after what occurred last year. Can they hang with the ranks of Ohio State in week one, though? They are at home, and it is you know right at the beginning of the season. So catching two touchdowns in the hook, would you look toward Minnesota?
5: I do. Um, I have faith in uh, Tanner Morgan. Uh, he did not have a good year last year, but two years ago, 2019, he had a tremendous year, and I probably overrated him a little bit last year, but he's probably somewhere in the middle of that. I was very conservative rating him in 2021. PJ Fleck does a great job. Love this guy. He's well-prepared. Great organizer. Great recruiter. He's good with the players. He's a player's coach, but he's very disciplined. Uh, excuse me. Minnesota is very fortunate to have him. Um, I think this is a really good football team. If you're going to beat Ohio State, the Ohio State University, you better get him early. Uh, playing a redshirt freshman quarterback, C.J. Stroud. I had him starting. I knew he would be the starter. He's the most talented player in that quarterback room who are all freshmen. It's a young quarterback room. They don't have the experienced guy to really guide everyone here. They need an experienced guy. I think that may hurt, especially early on in the season. So, again, if you're going to beat a good team, you better get them early. That's the time. And I think Minnesota catches Ohio State at the correct time. That's going to be a great game in week one.
4: Yeah, no doubt about that. You've seen a little movement toward Ohio State, but hey, just a better opportunity to catch a two touchdowns in the hook with Minnesota, who again, you and I seem to be kind of on the same page here that Minnesota could come back to what they were two years ago and be a high-powered offensive team. So exciting times ahead potentially for the Gophers and just with college football in general. And Kenny, we are always appreciative of you giving us some insight and in some of your bets for the upcoming college football season. Uh, once again, let us know where we can get a hold of some of your content with that discount, my friend.
5: Yeah, thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me. Uh, use the coupon code right now. Go to kennywhitesports.com. Use rush hour 25 percent off the magazine. Buy both; they're they're shipped to you overnight. Or if you want to do the PDF, you get that right away. So, uh, but you get both hard copies if you want twenty five percent off. Again, we'll overnight it, two day mail, be right to you. You'll be ready for the season. Uh, predicted final scores on every game in the NFL and college football, over 9,000 individual player ratings. So KennyWhiteSports.com. Thanks, Danny. Beautiful. Thank you, Kenny. Once again, you can follow him on Twitter at KYDVegas. He'll get you
4: covered for both college and pro football this upcoming season. Rush Hour 25 is a discount available at KennyWhiteSports.com. All right, well, we're excited. College football week zero coming up. We'll have you covered throughout the rest of this week and furthermore throughout the season, naturally. We'll get you squared away every single day throughout the week leading into the weekend. And let's kind of transition, though. Let's take it up a notch, go to the NFL professionally go with more of the unique betting angles that are offered at Bed Rivers that have been posted recently and we'll do the match bet is what they have it called as the category on the website it's going to be head-to-head running backs who's going to have more yards? We'll dive into that next here on Visa. Get the most out of all odds with Bed Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boosts on all of your favorite teams. Only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bed Rivers offers the most live streams in major sports, along with instant payouts and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant. The Illinois Gaming Board Statewide Voluntary Self-Exclusion Program. Daily hometown discounts. Remember to check them all out. BetRivers.com. All righty, back at it here on a Monday evening. It is Rush Hour presented by Bad Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us this evening. And a big thanks to Kenny White for hopping on to preview Week Zero of the college football slate and a little bit beyond. Season with week one with Ohio State and Minnesota. Very excited to look forward to that, as are we for the NFL season, naturally. And the closer we are getting, the more bets we have available to us at Bet Rivers. And a cool one that was added recently involved head to head props. They're calling it the match bet. And basically, it's a couple, or well, more than a couple, it's a decent amount of players, whether it's running backs, receivers, uh, defensive players, head to head, who's going to have the most rushing yards, receiving yards, sacks, etc. And starting with the rushing yards, a couple of players stood out to me in terms of the bets that I would probably or that I lean toward playing the most as opposed to the other ones. And the first one that I probably liked the most involved Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson. Now, we've talked about both of these guys earlier, probably a couple months ago, maybe less than that, in terms of their total rushing yards for this season. We did it with a lot of players. We did play Josh Jacobs in his over for rushing yards to get over a thousand, I believe, was the number. Chris Carson, we kind of just previewed, didn't really have a thought one way or the other enough to place a bet. Now, head-to-head to, head, to have more rushing yards, Josh Jacobs is the favorite here. Minus minus 134s, which you're going to have to lay if you think Jacobs is going to have more rushing yards than Carson. Chris Carson, you're getting at plus 108. Now, just to recap what Jacobs has done in his first two seasons as a Raider. In 2019, although only playing in 13 games, racked up. 1,150 rushing yards, averaged just under five yards per carry, and about 88 and a half rushing yards per game total. He had 242 rushing attempts. Now, last year he played in 15 games, had more rushing attempts naturally, 273, but had less rushing yards, 1,065. The argument was for me, you know, you have an extended game this season, and he's gone over a thousand in each of those two respective seasons, so that's why I played his over 1,000 and a half, I believe, is what it was rushing yards. So why wouldn't he do it again if you're assuming he can stay healthy? He averaged about four yards per carry last year, 71 rushing yards per game. So regressed a little bit. But again, you know, maybe just a little bit more of a sophomore slump. I'm still expecting Jacobs to kind of be more so of what we saw in 2019. And if he can stay healthy, I still think he could be more of a top-tier running back in this league. Now, what's also beneficial to a guy like Jacobs and this Raiders team overall is they're going to be facing 10 teams that finished in the bottom half of DVOA run defense this past season. So good opportunity potentially for this Raiders offense, specifically on the ground game, to take advantage of that. Now what maybe could hinder your Jacobs bet here a little bit is the fact that they have somewhat of a deep backfield. You get Kenyon Drake, uh, Kenyon Drake excuse me, as a second string running back. Jalen Richard, who's probably going to be used more so in the passing game. P.J. Emmons, probably not going to see much of him, but Kenyon Drake could take some of those reps, Nevertheless, you're still going to get a good load from Josh Jacobs. So that's why he's the favorite in the spot, considering that Chris Carson is a guy who's also had his share of injuries. Uh, Last season, he only played in 12 games, had 141 rushing attempts, racked up just 681 rushing yards, about 5 yards per attempt, 57 yards per game. Now, we could go over all his stats. I mean, 2018, 2019, he was 1,100 yards in 2018, 1,200 in 2019. If you can get that from him again, then, yeah, okay, maybe you take a look at the plus money. But even more so, the Seahawks team is only facing five defenses that finished bottom half of DVOA run defense last season. Now, that doesn't automatically mean that that's going to make you not want to bet on him, but something to just kind of add to your argument or your case for not wanting to back him you got Rashad Penny going to be taking reps as well. Travis Homer potentially. But even more so, you get a mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson. This offensive line that I don't have trust in still. So not that I played it, but if I were going to, I would lean toward Josh Jacobs minus 134 over Chris Carson at plus 108. I think the Raiders have a more favorable schedule in terms of the offensive ground game. And not that this offensive line with... Las Vegas is that stout, but the Seahawks, I really don't have faith in that offensive line whatsoever. You get two studly receivers, certainly with the Seahawks, who could maybe be utilizing the passing game more so. So all of that kind of put together, lean toward Josh Jacobs minus 134 to have more rushing yards than Chris Carson. We'll be sure to hit these continuously throughout the week. Also wanted to get into Najee Harris and J.K. Dobbins. Maybe we'll get into that tomorrow, but plenty of those kind of bets that we'll touch on before the start of the NFL season. We're going to take a break from football here on Rush Hour. Let's go through the baseball slate where I got one bet next. Stick around here on V-C. Now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, it's the perfect time for you to huddle up with the Visa Pro Football Betting Guide. Our experts are providing profiles of every single team, along with advanced stats and power ratings, plus your best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. The guide is only 20 bucks and discounts are available when you buy both the NFL and College Guide so go ahead and reserve your copy today or sign up for VEASAN All Access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Check it out now at slash subscribe. That's V S I slash subscribe. All righty, welcome back to it here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Five, where you can follow me along on Twitter at VESAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network on the tweets. Time to talk some baseball, so let's head on over to the diamond and we'll discuss the three later games tonight. One of which I do have a play in, and we'll get involved with that right away. And we'll take it out to Houston, where the Astros are taking on the Kansas City Royals. Now the Royals took three out of four against Houston last week, so Houston looking for some revenge tonight potentially. Uh, potentially, and look, that's where the market seems to be agreeing with because Houston opened up about minus two twenty, maybe minus two dollars in some spots. Currently at Bet Rivers, the Astros up to minus 250 on the money line. Kansas City catching plus 205. You're more inclined to go with the run line. You're laying minus 127 with Houston. If you want to take it with KC, you're getting plus 104. Total set at 9, shaded to the under, minus 114. The over, minus 105. Now, after doing really well against the Astros, the Royals swept the Cubs in three games, but the Astros bounced back after getting kind of embarrassed by Kansas City. They took two out of three versus the Mariners. Tonight, Zach Granke will be taking the bump for Houston. This season, he's 11-3 and with a 3.43 ERA. His XFIP, not ideal, 4.15, but nothing that's gonna scare you tremendously. A solid whip of 1.11 for Granke. And then when you kind of just look more at his splits at home, he's actually pitched a lot worse than on the road. At home, he's got a 4.58 ERA, 3.36 Woba compared to on the road where he got a 2.34 ERA and a 2.51 weighted on base average. So, look, he has pitched better on the road than he has at home, but he did just pitch against Kansas City in his most recent start, and he did very well. Even though the Astros lost 3-2, Granke went six innings pitch, allowed just five hits and one earned run, didn't have any strikeouts, which is a little concerning, but nevertheless had a good performance even though the Astros couldn't get the dub. Now opposing Granke, going to be the Southpaw, Daniel Lynch. He's three and three this season with a 5.12 ERA and a high axe 4.85, and a high whip two of 1.50. But the thing about Lynch is that he just went his last start against Houston. It did really well. He got the dub in that game. Seven innings pitch, four hits, just one earned run, five strikeouts. Astros had a batting average of 182 against Lynch back on August 17th. So this just happened. The Royals got the dub in that game, three to one. Lynch on the road, though, not great. 4.61 ERA with a 355 WOBA. So again, it's not that Granky's been that much better at home as opposed to Lynch on the road, but. I'm leaning toward an advantage. I'm going to give it to Granke, considering even though he doesn't do as well at home, he did well against Kansas City. You just need that those bats to come alive for Houston. And considering they just got embarrassed by Kansas City last week and Lynch had a good performance against them, I'm thinking that the Astros come alive tonight and do a good job of batting against them. Because, look, you know, Houston does do very well against lefties, too. 778 OPS against southpaws. And at home, they got a 780 OPS. So hopefully they can turn things around offensively at home. When you look at Kansas City offensively, going against righties, 678 OPS. Not great. Not great whatsoever. And on the road, they have a 651 OPS, which is brutal compared to 731 at home. So I'm leaning toward Houston. And, of course, I'm not going to lay the hefty price of minus 250 on the money line. So earlier today at Bet Rivers, the run line for Houston was minus 121. And that's the direction I went with. Laid the run and a half with Houston, minus one twenty one tonight against Kansas City. Again, if you're still interested in playing it, it's up to minus one twenty seven, just six cents more. I'd still recommend it, but think this could be a good bounce-back series and game tonight for Granke and company against Kansas City at home. So that's lone play I got in baseball, but we'll still discuss some of the other games that we have on the Diamond tonight. Let's move it on to our backyard here on the north side. The Cubbies take it on the Rockies. Kind of of an interesting handicap here because he got Sensatella taking the bump for Colorado, who's been a really solid pitcher, but he's been more solid at home at the hitter's park that is Coors Field as he has on the road. Now, Kyle Hendricks at home this season has struggled with a 5.17 ERA. Sensatella on the road. His ERA is 5.80. So maybe you could expect some runs tonight between these two squads. Totals at 8.5. Cubs are laying a buck 30. Rockies catching plus 112. The action has gone toward Colorado, plus 119 down to that plus 112. The Rockies are abysmal hitting on the road. We've discussed this plenty of times, 608 OPS on the road. However, in the month of August, they have an 850 OPS. Yes, the majority of that is occurring at home at Coors Field, but still, these bats have come alive. It's been quite the opposite for the Cubs, who have a 657 OPS in the month of August. And they hit worse against righties than they do lefties, 683 OPS compared to 734 against Southpaws. I'm not touching this one, but I would look toward Colorado taking the plus money, plus 112. Hendricks can be kind of volatile from time to time. You saw that happen the other game against the Brewers, I believe it was, giving up nine earned runs or something like that. I'm not saying he's going to have that same type of performance, but look... This team is just so depleted. It's virtually a triple-A squad they have out there for Chicago. So if anything, look for the hotter-hitting team in the Rockies with maybe a pitcher you could trust a little bit more overall. Even if you can't, the offense is better for the Rockies, so it would only take the plus money with Colorado, if anything, tonight at Wrigley. Now, finally, this last game has playoff implications on the line for the wild card with the Athletics and the Mariners. Oakland up to minus 136 on the money line. They open minus 107. Huge steam going to the A's. Now we see Seattle catching plus 116. This total is at nine. Again, Marco Gonzalez, the southpaw, pitching for the Mariners tonight. And Gonzalez on the road isn't too bad. 3.38 ERA with a 323 WOBA. And for the A's, you're getting Paul Blackburn out there, who's only pitched about five innings this season. He's replacing Chris Bassett, who took that nasty hit to the head last week. So... You know, despite that, you're seeing a lot of love go toward Oakland here up to minus 136. So if you're following the sharp movement, Oakland is certainly your play tonight. I'm hesitant, though. I don't want to trust a guy who only has 5.1 innings pitched with the A's this season. Blackburn, I mean, he struggled kind of in the past against the Mariners. I get it. It's a new season, new team. But nevertheless, not that much interest with Blackburn and the A's tonight. Gonzalez, on the other hand, has gone up against Oakland twice this season. He allowed seven hits and nine innings pitched. Just 300 runs and 10K, so not too shabby as Gonzalez been against Oakland. So for those reasons, I'm sticking away from this one. But overall, if you missed it at the beginning, we are rolling with Houston, the Astros. On the run line, minus 1.5, minus 121. That is the lone play I have tonight overall and in baseball. So let's root for the Astros to win by two or more tonight against the Kansas City Royals. All right, we'll flip it back to football. Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus joining us next, talking all things NFL. out of all odds with bet rivers daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams only at your hometown sportsbook and to make the most of your experience and make it even more rewarding bet rivers offers the most live streams of major sports instant payouts and only one time playthrough offer valid in illinois only must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800 gambler not valid for any participant of the illinois gaming board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program Again, hometown discounts, check them out, BetRivers.com. All righty, we are wrapping up a Monday edition of Rush Hour presented by BetRivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the BetRivers Sportsbook. It's time to bring back the conversation to the NFL to help us kind of dissect the NFL preseason with some takeaways, betting trends, and looking forward to the start of the regular season. Bringing on Eric Eager, co-host of the PFF Forecast over at Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Eric on the tweets. Eric, we always love having you on to talk some football. We are in the midst of the NFL preseason and looking forward to the start of the season. But let's kind of just start off with the preseason. I want to ask if you've been involved in terms of betting the NFL preseason, any things that have uh, stuck out to you betting trends-wise. We know in the past there's specific coaches who care more than others and teams who are having quarterback competitions, which we'll get a little bit more into in a second. But uh, what are your takeaways betting-wise or just overall? What have they been for the preseason thus far?
6: Yeah, I, I think uh, if you're going to be a better that is going to bet unders this season, um, you know, you, you sort of flex those muscles now. Um, I know this week unders were, um, you know, more 500 than they were the previous couple weeks when they were something like 14-3, and three. Um, but but that's certainly something right now where the league-wide scoring conditions aren't necessarily, uh, you know, what they're going to be during the regular season. So that's, that's something, you know, tonight's game, for example, you have a total uh in that 39 40 range that seems a bit high for me for a preseason game so i i would certainly lean under there um you know you talk about quarterback competitions both of these teams nominally in a quarterback competition with jaguars uh Minshew and uh trevor lawrence and the saints of course with hayes hill and james winston um that's probably pushing this total upwards a little bit um but i don't understand the spread uh with respect to that at four and a half uh for the Jaguars because both teams are going to be probably playing both quarterbacks enough to try to get a good look.
4: Yeah. And, and speaking of these quarterbacks now, the thought was that it was pretty much Trevor Lawrence's job to lose and still could be the case, but naturally urban Meyer coming out saying that it's still a competition with him and Minshew. And, you know, they could be here saying something the coaches have to say, Do you think it's more so that or is there actually a competition with these guys being Minshew and Trevor Lawrence and then Winston and Taysom Hill? Which one do you think is more of a true battle or do you think it's kind of solidified for either of these two teams at this point?
6: Uh, Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. I mean, in 2019, he was the most valuable rookie in the NFL per our metrics. He was more valuable that year than Kyler Murray was. Um, He certainly played extremely well. Uh, Last season wasn't quite that case, but also you can make the argument that it was part him playing poorly, part him being injured, and also part the Jaguars wanting to lose the football games and putting guys like Jake Luton uh, as well as Mike Lennon in the game. So uh, he's a good football player. Uh, it was not surprising that he would push Trevor Lawrence to not make this thing uh, trivial. Um, I do think, that, of course, Lawrence starts week one and Minshew falls into being one of the best backups in football. On the other side, you know, I don't know. Like, to me, this is sort of Schrodinger's quarterback. Uh, sort of decision in the sense that I I think Sean Payton's already made up his mind. Um, I think it's probably going to be Taysom Hill, um, given, you know, the way that their offense is shaped and in no way should it be Taysom Hill. (laughs) I think Jameis Winston certainly has the better potential as a passer um, and is the better overall player. Um, But, uh, you know, he opted for Taysom Hill in the four games last year that they played without Breeze and they went three and one. And, and, uh, and he'll played pretty well. I think, the the other thing is of course they don't have Emmanuel Sanders they don't have Jared Cook and now with you know without Michael Thomas for half the year they might just run like sort of a Tim Tebow like 2011 Broncos offense uh, running the football and and that's obviously more Taysom Hill conducive um, but you know it probably should be this one that is the the most highly contested one but I'd be surprised if Peyton hasn't already made his decision.
4: Yeah, and look, I mean, I agree with you. I think it should be Jameis Winston, but you also bring up a great point in terms of the lack of receivers that are available for the Saints team. So that could be the method of thinking, putting in Taysom Hill to get things started. And for them to get things started, you know, it's a tough matchup in week one. They're hosting the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, back in the mix. And the Packers are laying two and a half. Does your opinion change a decent amount depending on who's the quarterback for the Saints, whether it be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston? How much more do you think the line would be altered given who it may be between those two?
6: I think if it's Taysom Hill, the total will fall about three or four points. Um, I think if it's if it's Jameis Winston, he'll probably stay where the total currently is. Um, as far as the betting spread, um, I think no matter who the quarterback is, we're, you know any clarity is probably going to lead us Um, to a situation where, um, you know, we're going to see more money on the Packers. Um, Home field advantage is certainly a thing, and it's a thing uh, more so in in the Superdome more than any other. Um, But it's going to be less so than most seasons. And we saw last season Aaron Rodgers certainly had a a great football game uh, playing there on that Sunday night. So I I think we're going to see more, uh, you know, money gravitate towards Green Bay as we sort of move closer and closer to week one okay so if you want to take the saints maybe have
4: a little bit of patience could get a better number depending on how much more action we get of course we'll get more as we get closer but then two who's going to be the starting quarterback and the same kind of dilemma is occurring with many teams but one close to our heart here in chicago eric and it's been uh, quite the circus to say the least at least that's how the bears fans are viewing it whether it's going to be andy dalton or justin fields now i know you had some opinions on it when you were tweeting it out over this past weekend and it was a poor perform- it's been a poor performance really for Andy Dalton as we've seen him out there. And Fields did great in his first performance, kind of got rocked against the Bills this past weekend. But at the same time, he's not getting reps with the starting guys. But it was tweeted out or noted at practice that he was getting reps with the first team today. Despite that, Nagy's saying Dalton is going to be the starter week one. And we see the Rams as the seven-point favorite. Now, the thought process for some people is that, hey, you don't want to throw Justin Fields week one into the mix, Sunday night football on the road against a tough Rams defense. But you're kind of thinking otherwise. Is that correct? I mean, if Fields is the better guy, you should put him in as soon as
6: possible. That's what I think. Um, when To me, it's if you're going to start Dalton over Fields, it's because you think Dalton's a better quarterback. Because to me, there's, there's not enough of a variation in – Defenses in the NFL, especially week one, like where we don't know. I mean, we think we know something about the Rams defense and we we certainly their prior is better than, let's say, the Bengals in week two. Um, But week one, there's, you know, we're littered with uncertainty. Um, You know, if Dalton's a better quarterback against particular defenses, but not others, I would say the Bears have to rethink their thought process.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And look, I mean, everybody's going to be frustrated, whatever happens, it seems like. So uh, Bears fans will be on the edge of their seats to see when Justin Fields can or will be implemented. So should be exciting here in Chicago. And then, Eric, of course, we have plenty more quarterback competition, probably most we've seen in recent years, because you have the Patriots with Cam Newton, Mac Jones. You obviously have the 49ers, Jimmy G, Trey Lance, and then the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. Which one out of those do you think is the most intriguing and/or kind of just has the biggest betting implications? Depending on who's going to be the
6: starter, I think it's really strange. But I think for me, it's probably going to be um, the the Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo thing because you know you look at this. If they start Garoppolo right away, first two games of the season, you're on the road against the Lions and the Eagles. You could start two and zero, and at that point jimmy G's probably built up enough capital um you know to sort of you know get through the buy at least right and i guess if they go you know one and two oh and three in the in the buy they they could come out uh with lance after that um but you know to me i don't know i think if if you start lance right away it could be a kind of a rocky season that ends really well for them you look at they have the easiest schedule in the nfl parametrics if you start jimmy g You might start Jimmy G the whole year if you're the Niners, which I know um, you could probably give them a better average number of wins, but I don't think the 49ers fans would be satisfied with, let's say, an 11-win season, one playoff win, and no starts from Trey Lance. So it's a really interesting phenomenon here for uh, the Bay Area guys.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And in that game one, they're a a four-and-a-half-point favorite, but you're right, a pretty easy and favorable schedule for the 49ers. So whoever comes out to start – Probably going to be in it for the majority of the games. However, so many things happen. There's so many different competitions that we'll have to keep an eye on. It's certainly in terms of the betting implications. And, Eric, we always appreciate you helping us out, my man. So uh, thank you for catching up with us. And we'll look forward to having you on throughout the football season, my man.
6: Hey, thanks for having me on. enjoy the game tonight, and uh, good luck. No doubt you as well, Eric Eager, ladies and
4: gentlemen, at PFF underscore Eric on Twitter and co-host of the PFF Forecast. Great content all around covering the NFL, and like he said, the game tonight for NFL preseason, the Jags and the Saints. Both teams having quarterback competitions. Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew, Trevor Lawrence. They'll get plenty of action tonight, as will Jameis Winston, presumably, and Taysom Hill, and we've seen the Saints get... Majority of the love here on the spread from minus three is the home favorite up to minus four and a half at Bet Rivers. The Saints also minus two dollars on the money line. Jacksonville plus 165 and the total has gotten some love to the over despite the under has been cashing at a considerably high rate. But 37 and a half up to 40 and a half. So if you're looking about the over, you may have missed the ship as of this point but the over going up to 40 and a half, slightly shaded to the under, minus 117, if you're so inclined to take some of that preseason action tonight with the Saints and the Jacks. But in case you missed it earlier, the only action I've got on tonight is baseball, and it's the one game, and it's the Astros taking on the Kansas City Royals. Now, Kansas City just bullied this Houston team last week, so Houston's going to be looking for some revenge, and I think they get it tonight. Laid the run in a half with Houston at minus 121, that's moved up to minus 127. It actually opened at minus 115 for the run line, so that's been getting steamed, as have the Astros overall with the money line as well. But Zach Grinke had a great performance against the Royals. The offense just couldn't get the job done, but Houston hitting a little bit better at home and do pretty well against Southpaw, so hopefully they bully on the other side now and take it to Daniel Lynch tonight. But I don't want to lay the high minus 250 with the Astros, so going with the run line with Houston. Best of luck, as always, if you tail. We'll continue on our College Football Week 0 coverage and Week 1, plus more of those head-to-head prop matchups throughout the week. We thank you for joining us tonight. Take care. Enjoy all the betting action. We'll catch up again tomorrow.